Section 35 of Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Library of the World's Best Mystery and Detective Stories, Volume 6, by Julian Hawthorne, Editor. Section 35 a conjurer's confession part three by monsieur robert Rodin, the magician who became an ambassador it is not generally known that robert Rodin once rendered his country an important service a special envoy to algeria half a century ago this colony was an endless source of trouble to france although the rebel arab chieftain abdelkader had surrendered in eighteen forty seven an irregular warfare was kept up against the french authority by the native kabyles stimulated by their mohammedan priests and particularly through so-called miracles such as recovery from wounds and burns self-inflicted by the marabouts and other fanatic devotees of the prophet thus in eighteen fifty six the hopes of the french foreign office rested on robert Houdin. he was requested to exhibit his tricks in the most impressive form possible with the idea of proving to the deluded arabs that they had been in error in ascribing supernatural powers to their holy men it was settled that i should reach algiers by the next twenty seventh of september the day on which the great feats annually offered by the capital of algeria to the arabs would commence i must say that i was much influenced in my determination by the knowledge that my mission to algeria had a quasi-political character i a simple conjurer was proud of being able to render my country a service it is known that the majority of revolts which have to be suppressed in algeria are excited by intruders who say they are inspired by the prophet and are regarded by the arabs as envoys of god on earth to deliver them from the oppression of the rumi christians these false prophets and holy marabouts who are no more sorcerers than i am and indeed even less so still contrive to influence the fanaticism of their co-religionists by tricks as primitive as are the spectators before whom they are performed the government was therefore anxious to destroy their pernicious influence and reckoned on me to do so they hoped with reason by the aid of my experiments to prove to the arabs that the tricks of their marabouts were mere child's play and owing to their simplicity could not be done by an envoy from heaven which also led us very naturally to show them that we are their superiors in everything and as for sorcerers there are none like the french presently i will show the success obtained by these skilful tactics three months were to elapse between the day of my acceptance and that of my departure which i employed in arranging a complete arsenal of my best tricks and left saint chavez on the tenth of september I will give no account of my passage, further than to say, no sooner was I at sea than I wished I had arrived, and after thirty-six hours' navigation I greeted the capital of our colony with indescribable delight. 
on the twenty eighth of october the day appointed for my first performance before the arabs i reached my post at an early hour and could enjoy the sight of their entrance into the theatre each goom that is a brigade of native soldiers under french command it was this influential native faction that the foreign office wished particularly to impress through robert houdin's skill each goon drawn up in companies was introduced separately and led in perfect order to the places chosen for it in advance then came the turn of the chiefs who seated themselves with all the gravity becoming their character their introduction lasted some time for these sons of nature could not understand that they were boxed up thus side by side to enjoy a spectacle and our comfortable seats far from seeming so to them bothered them strangely i saw them fidgeting about for some time and trying to tuck their legs under them after the fashion of european tailors the kates agas bash agas and other titled arabs held the places of honor for they occupied the orchestra stalls and the dress circle in the midst of them were several privileged officers and lastly the interpreters were mingled among the spectators to translate my remarks to them i was also told that several curious people having been unable to procure tickets had assumed the arab burnous and binding the camel's hair cord round their foreheads had slipped in among their new co-religionists this strange medley of spectators was indeed a most curious sight the dress circle more especially presented an appearance as grand as it was imposing some sixty arab chiefs clothed in their red mantles the symbol of their submission to france on which one or more decorations glistened gravely awaited my performance with majestic dignity i have performed before many brilliant assemblies but never before one which struck me so much as this however the impression i felt on the rise of the curtain far from paralyzing me on the contrary inspired me with a lively sympathy for the spectators whose faces seemed so well prepared to accept the marvels promised them as soon as i walked on the stage i felt quite at my ease and enjoyed in anticipation the sight i was going to amuse myself with i felt i confess rather inclined to laugh at myself and my audience for i stepped forth wand in hand with all the gravity of a real sorcerer still i did not give way for i was here not merely to amuse a curious and kind public i must produce a startling effect upon coarse minds and prejudices for i was enacting the part of a french marabout compared with the simple tricks of their pretended sorcerers my experiments must appear perfect miracles to the arabs i commenced my performance in the most profound i might almost say religious silence and the attention of the spectators was so great that they seemed petrified their fingers alone moving nervously played with the beads of their rosaries while they were doubtless invoking the protection of the most high this apathetic condition did not suit me for i had not come to algeria to visit a waxwork exhibition i wanted movement animation life in fact around me 
i changed my batteries and instead of generalizing my remarks i addressed them more especially to some of the arabs whom i stimulated by my words and still more by my actions the astonishment then gave way to a more expressive feeling which was soon evinced by noisy outbursts this was especially the case when i produced cannon-balls from a hat for my spectators laying aside their gravity expressed their delighted admiration by the strangest and most energetic gestures then came greeted by the same success the bouquet of flowers produced instantaneously from a hat the cornucopia supplying a multitude of objects which had distributed though unable to satisfy the repeated demands made on all sides and still more by those who had their hands full already the five-franc pieces sent across the theatre into a crystal box suspended above the spectators one trick i should much have liked to perform was the inexhaustible bottle so appreciated by the parisians and the manchester hands but i could not employ it in this performance for it is well known the followers of mohammed drink no fermented liquor at least not publicly hence i substituted the following with considerable advantage i took a silver cup like those called punch bowls in the parisian cafes i unscrewed the foot and passing my wand through it showed that the vessel contained nothing then having refitted the two parts i went to the centre of the pit when at my command the bowl was magically filled with sweetmeats which were found excellent the sweetmeats exhausted i turned the bowl over and proposed to fill it with excellent coffee so gravely passing my hand thrice over the bowl a dense vapour immediately issued from it and announced the presence of the precious liquid the bowl was full of boiling coffee which i poured into cups and offered to my astounded spectators the first cups were only accepted so to speak under protest for not an Arab would consent to moisten his lips with a beverage which he thought came straight from Shaitan's kitchen. But, insensibly seduced by the perfume of their favorite liquor, and urged by the interpreters, some of the boldest decided on tasting the magic liquor, and all soon followed their example. The vessel rapidly emptied was repeatedly filled again with equal rapidity, and it satisfied all demands like my inexhaustible bottle and was borne back to the stage still full but it was not enough to amuse my spectators i must also in order to fulfil the object of my mission startle and even terrify them by the display of a supernatural power my arrangements had all been made for this purpose and i had reserved for the end of my performances three tricks which must complete my reputation as a sorcerer many of my readers will remember having seen at my performances a small but solidly built box which being handed to the spectators becomes heavy or light at my order a child might raise it with ease and yet the most powerful man could not move it from its place i advanced with my box in my hands to the centre of the practicable communicating from the stage to the pit then addressing the arabs i said to them from what you have witnessed you will attribute a supernatural power to me and you are right 
i will give you a new proof of my marvelous authority by showing that i can deprive the most powerful man of his strength and restore it at my will any one who thinks himself strong enough to try the experiment may draw near me i spoke slowly in order to give the interpreter time to translate my words an arab of middle height but well built and muscular like many of the arabs are came to my side with sufficient assurance are you very strong i said to him measuring him from head to foot oh yes he replied carelessly are you sure you will always remain so quite sure you are mistaken for in an instant i will rob you of your strength and you shall become as a little child the arab smiled disdainfully as a sign of his incredulity stay i continued lift up this box the arab stooped lifted up the box and said to me coldly is that all wait i replied then with all possible gravity i made an imposing gesture and solemnly pronounced the words behold you are weaker than a woman now try to lift the box the hercules quite cool as to my conjuration seized the box once again by the handle and gave it a violent tug but this time the box resisted and spite of his most vigorous attacks would not budge an inch the arab vainly expended on this unlucky box a strength which would have raised an enormous weight until at length exhausted panting and red with anger he stopped became thoughtful and began to comprehend the influences of magic he was on the point of withdrawing but that would be allowing his weakness and that he hitherto respected for his vigor had become as a little child this thought rendered him almost mad deriving fresh strength from the encouragements his friends offered him by word and deed he turned a glance round them which seemed to say you will see what a son of the desert can do he bent once again over the box his nervous hands twined round the handle and his legs placed on either side like two bronze columns served as a support for the final effort but wonder of wonders this hercules a moment since so strong and proud now bows his head his arms riveted to the box undergo a violent muscular contraction his legs give way and he falls on his knees with a yell of agony an electric shock produced by an inductive apparatus had been passed on a signal from me from the further end of the stage into the handle of the box hence the contortions of the poor arab it would have been cruelty to prolong this scene i gave a second signal and the electric current was immediately intercepted my athlete disengaged from his terrible bondage raised his hands over his head allah allah he exclaimed full of terror then wrapping himself up quickly in the folds of his burnous as if to hide his disgrace he rushed through the ranks of the spectators and gained the front entrance with the exception of my stage boxes and the privileged spectators who appeared to take great pleasure in this experiment my audience had become grave and silent and i heard the words shaitan genum passing in a murmur round the circle of credulous men 
who while gazing on me seemed astonished that i possessed none of the physical qualities attributed to the angel of darkness i allowed my public a few moments to recover from the emotion produced by my experiment and the flight of the herculean arab one of the means employed by the marabouts to gain influence in the eyes of the arabs is by causing a belief in their invulnerability one of them for instance ordered a gun to be loaded and fired at him from a short distance but in vain did the flint produce a shower of sparks the marabout pronounced some cabalistic words and the gun did not explode the mystery was simple enough the gun did not go off because the marabout had skilfully stopped up the vent colonel de Neveau explained to me the importance of discrediting such a miracle by opposing to it a sleight of hand trick far superior to it and i had the very article i informed the arabs that i possessed a talisman rendering me invulnerable and i defied the best marksman in algeria to hit me i had hardly uttered the words when an arab who had attracted my notice by the attention he had paid to my tricks jumped over four rows of seats and disdaining the use of the practicable crossed the orchestra upsetting flutes clarionets and violins scaled the stage while burning himself at the footlights and then said in excellent french i will kill you an immense burst of laughter greeted both the arab's picturesque ascent and this murderous intentions while an interpreter who stood near me told me i had to deal with a marabout you wish to kill me i replied imitating his accent and the inflection of his voice well i reply that though you are a sorcerer i am still a greater one and you will not kill me i held a cavalry pistol in my hand which i presented to him here take this weapon and assure yourself it has undergone no preparation the arab breathed several times down the barrel then through the nipple to assure himself there was a communication between them and after carefully examining the pistol said the weapon is good and i will kill you as you are determined and for more certainty put in a double charge of powder and a wad on the top it is done now here is a leaden ball mark it with your knife so as to be able to recognize it and put it in the pistol with a second wad it is done now that you are quite sure your pistol is loaded and that it will explode tell me do you feel no remorse no scruple about killing me thus although i authorize you to do so no for i wish to kill you the arab repeated coldly without replying i put an apple on the point of a knife and standing a few yards from the marabout ordered him to fire aim straight at the heart i said to him my opponent aimed immediately without the slightest hesitation the pistol exploded and the bullet lodged in the center of the apple i carried the talisman to the marabout who recognized the ball he had marked i could not say that this trick produced greater stupefaction than the ones preceding it at any rate my spectators palsied by surprise and terror looked round in silence seeming to think where the deuce have we got to here a pleasant scene however soon unwrinkled many of their faces the marabout though stupefied by his defeat had not lost his wits so profiting by the moment when he returned me the pistol he seized the apple thrust it into his waist-belt and could not be induced to return it 
persuaded as he was that he possessed in it an incomparable talisman. For the last trick in my performance, I required the assistance of an Arab. At the request of several interpreters, a young Moor, about twenty years of age, tall, well-built, and richly dressed, consented to come on the stage, bolder and more civilized, doubtless, than his comrades of the plains, he walked firmly up to me. I drew him toward the table that was in the center of the stage, and pointed out to him and to the other spectators that it was slightly built and perfectly isolated, after which, without further preface, I told him to mount upon it and covered him with an enormous cloth cone open at the top. Then, drawing the cone and its contents on to a plank, the ends of which were held by my servant and myself, we walked to the footlights with our heavy burden and upset it. The moor had disappeared. The cone was perfectly empty. Immediately there began a spectacle which I shall never forget. The Arabs were so affected by this last trick that, impelled by an irresistible feeling of terror, they rose in all parts of the house and yielded to the influence of a general panic. To tell the truth, the crowd of fugitives was densest at the door of the dress circle, and it could be seen from the agility and confusion of these high dignitaries that they were the first to wish to leave the house. Vainly did one of them, the Kaid of the Beni Salah, more courageous than his colleagues, try to restrain them by his words. Stay, stay, we cannot thus lose one of our co-religionists. Surely we must know what has become of him, or what has been done to him. Stay, stay. But the co-religionists only ran away the faster, and soon the courageous Cade, led away by their example, followed them. They little knew what awaited them at the door of the theatre, but they had scarce gone down the steps when they found themselves face to face with the resuscitated moor. The first movement of terror overcome, they surrounded the man, felt and cross-questioned him, but, annoyed by these repeated questions, he had no better recourse than to escape at full speed. The next evening the second performance took place, and produced nearly the same effect as the previous one. The blow was struck. Henceforth the interpreters and all those who had dealings with the Arabs received orders to make them understand that my pretended miracles were only the result of skill, inspired and guided by an art called prestidigitation, in no way connected with sorcery. The Arabs doubtless yielded to these arguments, for henceforth I was on the most friendly terms with them. Each time a chief saw me, he never failed to come up and press my hand. And even more, these men whom I had so terrified, when they became my friends, gave me a precious testimony of their esteem. I may say, too, of their admiration, for that is their own expression. End of section 35 Read by Lars Rolander